On today's show, we're going to break down a Vanguard report that goes into detail about how Americans are saving for retirement. So this will be a pretty good way to see how you stack up against the statistics that Vanguard has publicized. It's going to be a good show. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Glad to have you on My Retirement Clarity. I am Ben George. He is Lee Perkins, owner and financial advisor at JL Perkins Wealth Management. They are serving Macon. Offices right there in Northside Crossing. You can find us online as well at myretirementclarity.com. Good to talk to you again, Lee. How's everything around the office? Man, everything is going well. Ben, let me let me tell you why I do what I do. Okay. I'll I, I kind of share with you a, just a, a two-minute story of somebody that I met with for the first time probably the end of July. As we record this, we're we're September 21st. This person called end of July. We set up a phone call and then we had a series of meetings. But their question to me, they're really considering retiring the end of this year, but they had no idea where to start. And they thought they might be ready, but they had a bunch of questions. And so so we took them through our process. We call it the retirement clarity review where we, we reviewed everything, their, their income, expenses, how to fill a gap in retirement, looked at their assets and, and even their tax planning and everything and put it all together. And, and we had our, our final sort of strategy meeting with them last week. And we've made the decision or he's made the decision based on the information that I've given him that he is going to retire December the 31st. And man, it is like the the weight of the world has been lifted off that guy's shoulder. And so just to, to walk he and his wife through that process and, and see the change in their dis- disposition and how they're now looking forward to retirement without worrying about things, it's been a blast. And that, that truly is. That's, that's why I do what I do. Right. It's got to be so rewarding to get to that point. And it's also a good reminder to, you know, to always plan as early as possible to, you know, give yourself as much time to be prepared. But it also is a great point that, hey, no matter how late you start, you can always get a plan in place, right? Absolutely. Now they reached out to me end of July and we got this knocked out, you know, right before the end of September in time for them to retire at the end of end of this year in in December. But generally I, you know, I tell people, let's really start doing, you know, let's let's connect at least a year out and put a year out gives you time to make adjustments that need to be made. Now I, I will tell you, I've had people call me on, you know, the first of the month and tell me they're retiring the end of the month. And we're we're able to, of course, provide value to them and, and help them through that process. You're just you don't have as much flexibility when the when the time frame is compressed that way. So right. the earlier the better, but it's still not too late no matter what your time frame is. Well thanks for sharing that with us, Lee. And today we're gonna we're gonna help you gain some clarity with your retirement. In terms of saving, we're going to talk about how Americans save. A study from Vanguard has some pretty interesting stats that we're going to dive into, get Lee's reaction to. The other way we try to provide clarity every episode is by giving you the opportunity to claim an offer from Lee. And it really is it's very simple. It's a simple text message to Lee and his, his team will send out a great book. This is a great resource, especially when you're talking about tax planning. Yeah, taxes are 
you know, it's never been more important, in my opinion, to plan for taxes than right now. We're in a historically low tax environment. So we've we've co-authored a book called Diffuse. It's, it's all about diffusing what we call the IRS ticking tax time bomb. So if you text the word diffuse to 474747, we'll get a copy of that book to you. You'll you'll have to enter your uh, just a good mailing address. We'll send that book to you and it's filled with a lot of great strategies that you can implement right now to be better prepared for when taxes increase in the future. Good deal. So let's get into today's show. And I want to start off with a little headline, a little bit of news to get us going before we get into this study on how Americans save. This recent headline, you know, this has been a conversation a lot of the year in 2020, Lee, and that's been about really real estate, especially in the center of big cities. And Manhattan's really been kind of the the one that everybody's pointed to. But a recent report showed that a huge number of vacancies exist in the Manhattan apartments while rental demand in the New York suburbs has more than doubled compared to this time last year. Do you think this is going to be a long-term trend or just a short-term reaction to what's been going on this year? You know what? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of people that that may have the short-term sort of knee-jerk reaction. But when you look at the way that New York handled everything, I think that's been a big warning flag to people. And that's why people have sort of scurried out to the suburbs a little bit. And, and I think that's probably going to be more of a long-term trend. I do know that we as Americans have a short-term memory, and eventually we forget just how bad things were, and we tend to repeat some of the things. We fall back into the same habits and, and do things that we've done in the past, but I think some of this may stick. Once people move out, move out to the suburbs, get a little bit more space, they're not living in a big building or an apartment where you know there's not not really anywhere to go other than go down an elevator and walk outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this pandemic has been a real wake-up call. So I think that could be more of a long-term trend. I'm probably more concerned you know, about commercial real estate, in my opinion. I think a lot of businesses have figured out that they don't have to have massive buildings and massive offices. Everybody doesn't have to work from an office. Um, they can be really productive at home. So I think you may wind up seeing a lot of vacancies in some of these larger cities. You'll see some vacancies in some of these these areas as well. So yes, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the next three to five years and even beyond. Yeah, I know, I know a lot of people in New York don't think it's going to be a long-term trend, but uh, we shall see. I think it definitely, as you mentioned, has opened up a lot of eyes on to Especially with this this whole way we've gone to working virtually, I mean it's it's easy to live wherever you want. And I've it I've really heard from a number, number of people that have that know friends that have moved from bigger cities that are, you know, kind of reevaluating their their life path and where they want to live and and how they want to do work. So it'll be interesting to see. It will be. Well, let's get into our main topic today on how Americans save. And again, as I mentioned, this is a study from Vanguard, a little report they did uh, from 2019 primarily into early 2020, really before any of the coronavirus stuff began. So this kind of gives you a, a look at under, you know, I guess I would call it normal times, how Americans are saving. This is a pretty great look at maybe how you compare. And we always say you don't need to compare yourself with others, but to give you a sense of kind of where you stand compared to how other Americans are saving this will be some information you might want to listen to. So let's get into it, Lee. And let's start with the numbers on the actual defined contribution plans, which is what we're looking at, the 401ks, the 403bs, et cetera. Data now shows that there 
these are being used by more than 100 million Americans. And the assets inside of these accounts total up more than $8.8 trillion, which sounds like a whole lot of money. What about your clients? I mean, are these the centerpiece to most retirement plans you work with? Yeah, for, for most of my clients, a majority of their assets are put in, in defined contribution plans. Just like you said, the 401k, 403b, 457b, all those kind of things that the the qualified retirement plans. And I think that's just simply because that's what we've, you know, to this point, it's been what we've all been taught to do. You, you go to work for somewhere. If they offer a company match, certainly you want to put money in there. And, and that's, that's the easiest thing to do. And the one thing I know from, from doing this over the last 15 years or so, people want easy and the easiest thing to do in the world is to contribute to a 401k. Yeah, that's that's the easiest starting point and where everybody kind of jumps in as they begin their career. So I got a couple You're stats. Right. We've got a lot of different data we're going to kind of parse through here, but I'm going to start with a couple of stats I thought were very interesting. Here's the first one. Only 15% of plan participants are using the catch-up contribution. Yeah, I, to me, this is more of a an indication. And as we go through some of these stats today, a lot of these are going to be some indications of some, what I would say are some maybe some failures of people to realize what they can do and actually do these things. That that number sounds right to me. Um, not as many people as you would think are actually using catch-up contributions. And that's simply because they're living more paycheck to paycheck and and they don't make it a priority. I would say, of, of now think about this, Ben, people that are my clients, they're more connected, more in tune with their money. But I meet with people all the time that that may not wind up becoming clients that don't really, they're, they're not as serious about saving. They're living more for today than they are for retirement and they're just not thinking about it. So those are the people, generally speaking, that aren't going to use catch-up contributions, you know, once they're over 50 years old, because frankly, they don't have the money to do it. They're still buying things. They're still buying stuff and accumulating stuff and, and, and renting storage buildings to put that stuff in. And then when they retire, they're not going to have as much money as they would have had they done the catch-up contribution that those plans offer. Right. That's very interesting. Yeah. How about this one? One in five people are using the Roth or some sort of after-tax option. Is that a little bit lower than you might have thought? Well, it's about what I thought, but it's a lot lower than it should be. Okay. And all these people should get my Diffuse, uh, the Ticking Tax Time Bomb book. And if they read that book, they would shift a, a much higher percentage of their, their money to a Roth IRA. Now, we could do a whole show on, on Roth versus an IRA, pros and cons of each, but what I want everybody to have is the option of where to pull money from, because when they go to pull that money from that IRA 10, 15, 20 years down the road, they are at the mercy of the IRS as to how much of that money that they get. When they pull money from that Roth IRA, there's not going to be any taxes due because they've already paid taxes on it, and it's growing tax-free. Now, of course, laws can change and things like that, but under current laws, you can withdraw from a Roth IRA without any kind of taxes. And so I just like having the flexibility, tax flexibility on where to pull money from in retirement. So I think a, a Roth plan or component of your 401k is a great option that really everybody should probably consider. Yeah, and I will point you to, to episode 22 of the podcast. You go to my 
retirementclarity.com or whatever app you're using right now. Go back and listen to that one. That That's a great conversation between traditional and Roth. Give you a lot more information into what Lee's talking about and get some of his thoughts into which option might be better for you. So check that out after you're done with this episode. Um, how about this one? The average number of funds being offered in a plan right now, 17.4, but the average number that people are actually using, 2.4. What, what do you make out of that? All right. So I I thought that 2.4 number would, I would have thought that number would have been a little bit higher. I thought it would have been like four or five funds. It is typical, you know, if I see, uh, for instance, the the Georgia Farm Bureau or, or Geico, those are two companies that we do a lot of, you know, I've got a lot of clients for those. When I look at those participants' 401k plans, so that look at their statements, most people are spread out in four or five funds. The bad part about a 401k plan is people really don't know how to invest in their 401k. Lots of times they make their their choices on how to allocate their money based on the name of the fund. It's got a really cool sounding name like the 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 World Fund or the United States Full Market Fund or whatever it is. I'm just making those up. That's where people will allocate their money. Sometimes people also just allocate their money based on what the fund did last year. So Allocation is really a problem. 17 choices is the average number of funds available. That's probably about right. Um, somebody probably, you know, if you want to have a good, a good diversified portfolio inside of a 401k, it probably can be done between six and eight of those funds. And, and really, probably what most people are using now are these target date funds. The, the 2025 or 2030 fund. Those are a, really a good option for somebody who doesn't have a clue what to do and who's never going to change anything because as you get closer to that date, these portfolios are going to automatically rebalance and become more conservative. So I, I like a target date fund for somebody who's not going to be involved in anything. We don't use a lot of them for our clients simply because I don't think they offer enough um, but maybe a good option for a 401k plan. Hey there, sorry to interrupt the show, but I wanted to take just a minute to tell you about a new book I've written called Diffuse, How to Protect Your IRA or 401k from the IRS Ticking Tax Time Bomb. It's a really easy read and it gives you specific strategies that you can implement right now to be better prepared for increasing taxes. Now, we all know taxes are very likely to increase in the future, and with all the recent stimulus packages, I believe that even more. So I'm making this book available to you, the listener of the show. So here's how you get it. Just text the word DEFUSE to 474747. Give us a good mailing address, and we'll send it right out. I'll even pick up the shipping cost. Again, just text the word DEFUSE to 474747 and get your copy today. Now back to the show. All right, let's get into matching. How about matching? This is something that uh, I know you probably talk with your clients quite a bit and everybody that has that option, hopefully has taken advantage of it. But in 2019, Lee, 34% of plan participants did not, did not contribute enough to meet their employer's match amount. 18% matched it exactly, but didn't contribute anything beyond that amount. But then 48% actually contributed more than the employer match. Uh, let's start off with that 34%. Is there ever a reason not to, to get to the number to match your employer? There's not a whole lot of good reasons that I've ever seen. Um, and that number is, I, I would say that number is probably spot on based on people that I've met before. Typically, these are people, that, that, that these are going to be younger people that have 
a lot of expenses. It's not a priority. They don't understand that they're giving up free money. I mean, if your company is going to match 5% and you don't put any money in, you are, you are giving up free money. You're getting a 100% return on 5% contribution, and people don't do it. And I, and I don't, I know these companies, their HR departments or the brochures that they get, they've been told probably their parents are telling them to do this. Again, speaking of of younger workers, uh, but I just think it, it goes back to one of the things I said earlier on in the show. People are stretching themselves too thin, not making retirement contributions a priority. And I'm telling you, these people are going to, re- they are going to regret it. 18%, what you, is that what you said? 18% matches Yeah, exactly the match? Exactly, yep. That's, that is absolutely the minimum I want you to do. And then after that, you can put in more. You know, I want people to save as much as possible. Now, it may not necessarily be in a 401k. You may look, look at other tax-diversified ways of saving. But if you're not contributing enough to just get the match, you are really... You're really putting yourself behind the eight ball. The only time I would ever say that somebody should do this would be in a temporary situation. You've got something really going on that's out of your control, a medical emergency, something like that. But but it's not because, you know, a vacation or a new sofa is not an emergency. Uh, you know, a, a sick child or a loss of a job. Those are kind of things that that are really ways, you know, reasons that you would stop contributing. And of course, if you lost a job, you're not going to contribute anyway, but put the money in, get the free match. That's the least you can do. That is good to know. And and very important to pay attention to uh, because all all matching requirements are different too, right, Lee? I mean, you you need to ask and be aware of that because some things are, they'll match up to a certain percent. You have to put in a certain amount to get the match. Like every, every plan's different. Yeah, they're all different. Talk with your, your HR person, find out what your parameters are, and then figure out what you can do, uh, and, and make sure you're, again, make sure you're at least getting the match. Well, everybody asks about what kind of rate of return should I be expecting, Lee, in my investments? Well, this Vanguard Amer- How America Saves study shows the last five years the return from the market, and it's very interesting. 2015, it was negative 0.4%. 16 was 8.3%. 2017, a good year, 18%. 2018 came back a little bit, negative 5.3%. And then last year, 2019, 22.4%. So I think it's a good idea, gives you a good idea of how the market moves up and down, right? And, and just kind of how it fluctuates year to year. Yeah, if you charted, if you put that on a chart or a graph, it, it, would, look like a, it would look like a roller coaster. They're always going to be ups and always going to be downs. And sometimes people just think that the market, you know, you hear these things that say, well, the market's averaged. over the last however many years or 10%. And if they don't get that, they start getting a little bit of nervous. But volatility has always been here. It's always going to be here. The market's gone up and down forever, and it's going to do that in the future. So when somebody gets nervous, you know, the market, looking at the market today, the market's down. I got an email from a client that said, the market's down today. Do I need to be nervous? No, you don't need to be nervous. It may be down again tomorrow, but it'll be up the next day. So again, the market is cyclical. It's up and down. So these kind of years, I thought it was interesting that Vanguard was able to pull. I'd I'd be interested to know where they got this information as far as the average returns inside of 401k plans and how that actually mirrors what the S&P 500 has done. So 
really, really a pretty cool thing there. But it's just a, a wake-up call for people that market goes up and it goes down. Yeah, don't try to time it. You, you probably learned yeah. that lesson in 2020, especially. Yeah, you, you <laughs> cannot try to time the market. People that tell you they can successfully time the market, they have a name for those people. You know what they're called? <laughs> What's that? They're called, they're called liars. <laughs> it can't be done. Can't be done. All right, a couple yep. more I want to get to before we close it out. You know, when people leave an employer, quite often they leave their funds behind and, you know, one of these old uh, defined contribution plans. But maybe even more so than, than I realize and maybe even you, Lee, 80% of participants who have been terminated still have their assets with their prior employer, which actually means that 96% of all available assets that are available to distribute or roll over are still inside that defined contribution plan. What kind of impact would it make if, if a lot more of these assets were actually moved over to an IRA or a Roth IRA? Well, I think people leave money behind in these plans not because they're lazy, it's just simply because they get busy doing other things and they don't think of it. It's out of sight, out of mind. They may get a statement or they may not get a statement. They may just get an electronic statement. And then lots of times people will actually forget about an account. I had somebody call me about two weeks ago and you know we're going through the whole process. And he said, yeah, I've, I've got six or seven old 401ks and my wife has two or three of them. So we're going to, we're in the process now of gathering all those statements. We're going to try to consolidate as much as we can so that we can then do, you know, proper investment planning and, and, and ultimately income planning for them because man, they are spread out everywhere. And honestly, they don't know where they are. So we'll, we'll consolidate these accounts, roll them into an IRA, one or two IRAs. That's going to make their world significantly uh, less cluttered, a little a little bit, bit easier to understand. And then we can plan properly going forward. And at the end of the day, this, this is what people really need. And I'll tell you, if you pass away, this, this is where people get into trouble. If you pass away and you've got old accounts spread everywhere and your spouse doesn't know where they are or your kids don't know where they are, you are going to have a, or somebody is going to have a mess on their hands. You won't because you'll be, you'll be dead, but somebody, you're not doing somebody a favor who's going to be left to pick up these pieces. So put them in an IRA and plan accordingly with, with somebody like me. We help people do that all the time. All right, let's close out with something that's maybe a little more positive, a good sign of how Americans are saving. Three out of four participants were deemed to have balanced strategies. Um, that seems like a, a pretty good number, Lee, to me. Is that the case with most people you meet, that they're in pretty good shape? Well, if, if I, I listen to what you say there, balanced strategies, I'm trying to figure out what a balanced strategy is. Uh, a lot, lots of times when people come in, I'll say, well, tell me about your investments. How are you? And they'll say, well, I'm moderate. And I'll say, okay, well, what, what does moderate mean? And nobody really knows. And I can say, well, what does balanced mean to you? And they'll define it. But when we dig deeper and look into what, what they actually have, they're not, they're not actually balanced. They may have way more risk than they thought they had. And when we go, go through it, I say, well, you know, you've got 80% of what you have in stocks and the other 20% in bonds. Do you think that's balanced? And they're like, no, I don't think that's balanced. So those those words, balanced, moderate, conservative, I don't like those words because they mean different things to different people. That's why we use a software that sort of brings those words to reality. And, and you know, we basically were able to assign a number 
from one to 99 with the level of risk and, and kind of quantify what that means. And I think that's a little bit a little bit better way to look at the amount of risk that somebody is is taking. And then once we do that, we'll know if that strategy is right for them or not. And if it's not, we can choose to make make an adjustment if we need to. Well, you can always always get the, uh, a call set up with Lee right now and start looking at your portfolio and how balanced you are. And if you need to make adjustments, just visit talkwithlee.com. It's very simple to do. And you can set up a 10 to 15 minute call, have that first initial conversation, get to know each other, and then uh, you can start the planning process from there. But again, talkwithlee.com. Also, you can find Lee and JL Perkins Wealth Management online at myretirementclarity.com. And again, Lee, we'll remind everybody on the way out, there's always an opportunity, too, to get your ticking tax time bomb book. Yes. Yep. Just text the word diffuse to 474747. And this book is all about taxes. And I promise you, if you get that book and you apply some of those strategies, you could actually save tens and tens of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. And for some people, uh, you know, we've helped quantify that they're, they're going to save over $100,000 in taxes and what they would pay to the IRS over their, their lifetime. So text a fuse to 474747 and you can get a free copy of that book. Outstanding. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast, My Retirement Clarity. We'd love to have you back on the next episode and it'll be delivered right to you if you do so. But you can find us on every podcasting platform, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is you listen, you can find My Retirement Clarity. So for Lee Perkins, I am Ben George. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Investment advisory services are offered by JL Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.